fine. Just like take out the goosies and the um and the words that I put. Just put belief, belief wherever I say. Like, no, you can swear on a podcast. Uh, that's true. Um, that's true. Then our our families are gonna expect us to do the same when we meet with them or with their ex-husbands or uh, ex-wives. Sometimes um, we. Sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. Also, I know this is our first episode, but I'm already worried about hate mail. So you have to. Why? Just in case, you know, like people online, when people do podcasts, like my Mm. podcasts, the ones I listen to. Now, granted, they have millions of followers. Okay. Okay. So when when we get to that level, you'll be fine with a couple of uh, hate mails. Well, I just don't want to read it because I'm very sensitive. <laughs> You're not going to read it. It's fine. I mean, get a powerful shredder. It you goes directly to... in there. You don't recognize the name. Don't even return to sender. You just put it directly in the shredder. Don't yeah. worry about it. Okay. I don't just, even worry. You have to be that partner that takes on the hate mail. Don't worry about it. Hmm. I have thick, uh, thick skin coming from communist Romania. Well, Romania. So, we can we can start by saying to everybody that this is our first podcast. So uh, bear bear with us. Eva and I are trying this out. Uh, we're very excited, and um, we want to share some, you know, hopefully valuable information, um, some of our views and inputs on uh, the most um, uh, up to date uh, sort of uh, issues as they relate with love. Uh, in the love department, is definitely going to be Eva. Um, in, the, in the divorce and maybe custody, I'll uh, I'll I'll take. No, a, we'll talk about the dark stuff. The driver's seat a little bit, and uh, and here we go. And do you want to tell people what's uh, what's your background, Eva, and why are you so excited to be here today? <laughs> well, okay. So my background: I'm a family lawyer and mediator. Um, I wanted to do this podcast. Well, you and I have always talked about doing a podcast to, you know, get people to to hear about us. But also I think there is, there's a lot of podcasts about divorce and there's a lot of podcasts about love, but nothing that mixes the two. Mm-hmm. And they're not a silo. They're, you know, it's, everything is jumbled up. And I think there's a lot of things that you and I can talk about that would be funny and uh, that people will relate to. So that's why I'm excited about this. I, I, I think, I think the two of us have also seen enough for now oh, and, uh, to, to share some of, some of the experiences and hopefully, uh, you know, sometimes caution or warn some, uh, some families into, uh, you know, their, their, uh, structuring their next steps. Um, but I definitely agree with you. There's, there's lots of things that are not being said about love and divorce. And mm-hmm. I feel that, you know, lots of times when we see families, you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's not all hurt or hate. I think it's just some love there. Right. So, I mean, oh, yeah. there's, there's so, there, there's so, sometimes there's so blurred, but they all yeah. sort of form the package of that human that enters our door. Right. So it's, it's hard because I hate when um, divorce is immediately associated with, with hate and conflict mm-hmm. and, you know, battle and court and, you know, adversarial corners, all that stuff. Meanwhile, it's, it's a hurt person, you know, hurt feelings, uh, a lot mm-hmm. of love gone a different direction, grew apart. It, it, yeah, it, it's the society no, that I feel, no? It, push us, it pushes that to uh, uh, creating this stigma. I think when we mediate, I, and I'll just, I'll just speak for you. Thank um, you. Um, no problem. 
I think why we, you and I get positive energy or when we get positive energy, other than when you're doing your like Excel math stuff. <laughs> I get my positive energy from That's Excel math stuff. Energy, <laughs> But, you know, when we can get people on a common ground, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about the mediation, right, is when we can get people to just, we don't need them to love each other. We, you know, I always, I always joke, we're not in the business of putting people back together. But if, we, if they can identify, you know, common ground so that they can, and, and mutual respect so that they can just transition in a way that is amicable and healthy. I think that's what I want for people. And that's why I, when we see it happen, Mm. when we have, we've had people come in and they don't want to sit in the same room. They have the worst things to say about each other. And when, when they can, they don't even need to hug it out, but when they can walk out together and say, okay, we're going to work together on this. Like I'm on a high. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, 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 you know, I think they're on a bit of a high too, because they, they never saw it. Um, they, I don't think they ever thought it possible. Yeah. You know, and, until they were in that moment and until something switched. Uh, and I'm not saying that it, it, we switched it. It's just, it's, it's a third party that has, uh, you know, reframed a particular issue in a, in a different, different way and uh, perhaps created a new opportunity, right, for, for the family. Mm-hmm. And that's what often happens because there's a lot of unknown uh, during the, well, and that's your spiel. There's a lot of unknown during the divorce and separation. And I think that's the most scary thing. It's not that, uh, you know, there's not respect or, or trust or anything, but mm-hmm. the people are scared. What are you going to do? How, is, how are they going to split their incomes? How are they going to feed their children? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm losing my pension. I'm losing this. I'm losing that. Right. So it's, it's very hard to look over those elements and, and still be positive and cheery. It's like, Oh, let's do this. Yeah. It's, it's, You've it's, been mediating for longer than me. Has there been something that surprised you that surprised about breakups about or breakups. mediation or divorces? I think, oh. hmm. I think for me, the biggest thing that surprised me is how quickly people can get lost in their emotions. Oh, and, there is, yeah. You know, and it's, you know, you can, you can be married and in love on one day and then that resentment builds and it transforms completely how someone, how you see someone. And I feel like the great thing about mediation is it can transform how people, their perspectives. Right. Right. But I think that's, like, you know, so many of our families have gone through trauma, have gone through major stressful situations. And it surprises me how they can be disconnected. Mm-hmm. Just like to, that. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cut the cord. Yeah. Cut the cord. Like, they're like, they're, you know, enemies. And I'm like, wait a second, you guys have survived you know, um, dealing with health issues, you've survived a bankruptcy, you've survived, Uh you know, immigration issues, you know, there's something there that you, that was there, you know, there's something in your, in your relationship that can survive, right? Uh And so just showing them that they at least have that bond, I think is powerful, but they, they lose it, if Uh that makes sense, right? It does make sense. It does make sense. Well, over the years, I've been more and more surprised of um, of how quickly people, uh, you know, get out of 
a marriage mm-hmm. or a relationship, right? As opposed to, you know, 10, 15 years from uh, ago where there, there was a lot more, for lack of better wor- words, fight for the marriage and fight for staying together. Nowadays, I feel like, and we see it, we see it all the time. Now we see it, you know, three years, four years, five years marriage. Sure. Um, and exactly. So, and it's, it's very, it's very in and out type of thing. So I, that surprised me. It still, it still surprises me. And it also makes me feel that we don't have enough resources for, for this generation or, um, or those people. Uh, to to really to really grasp uh, what mm-hmm. a long-term relationship means and what some of the sacrifices uh, are and if you're not willing or ready to commit to those type of sacrifices then you know don't call it a long-term relationship mm-hmm. because you may you know you may hinder someone else's opportunity to to have a long-term relationship right like you're trapping yeah. him or her in something that may not have uh, you're not aligned, basically. You're not on the same page, right? Like, I feel that people people are not on the same page. They don't, don't communicate well enough in the beginning uh, or yeah. deep enough to see, hey, do, do we have the same goals? Do we have the same objectives? Do we meet once a year and talk about, you know, the good and the bads and the uglies of our marriage uh, okay. and try and fix them? Like, we, we don't have those um, – I don't see them, right? So that's why we see so many, um, so many quick um, – quick marriages, uh, long, yeah. yeah, very short lasting. No, I think that's a good point. I do, I have been wondering lately if, I don't know if they're millennials, I guess like the younger millennials. Well, uh, speak for yourself. Well, you, you are, you are a millennial. I'm a younger millennial. There are millennials that are in their 40s. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, you're the baby I'm, millennial. I'm a, I'm a junior millennial. I'm All a, right, I'm, junior. I'm a junior. I'm a junior. <laughs> I don't oh. even know if I'm a millennial, okay? <laughs> I might be the, the one under. But I do wonder if they're defining marriage differently or it maybe in a, in a bigger uh, sense. I, I wonder if millennials um, have less of a penchant or desire to stay in something that is uncomfortable. Right. Because for this generation, you know, autonomy is so big not even in love and relationships, but in work, right? I think they say now, like, millennials will have, like, 10 jobs before they're 40, mm. right? And move around, right? Right, and so, right. And, and that's just the way of life. And so sometimes I do think with, and I'm not judging, because at the end of the day, you know, you have one life. Like, if you have one kick at the can, you have to be happy. But I do wonder if sometimes younger families... Um, uh, you know, are it, I don't know if they make the make the cho- the choice to separate in haste, but mm-hmm. if that's just a new way of life, of saying you know, I'm unhappy, we're not working through it, I'm not sticking around. Right, I'm not fixing it. I'm not fixing it. Yeah, I'm not committing. I have only one life. I'm not. I'm not putting a lot of effort and a lot of um, you know a lot of uh, resources in fixing this. Mm. I'd rather move right yeah. i'd rather get out of it um yeah, yeah there has we, we definitely see that a lot now it's a it's a new uh it's a new phenomenon well it's been for i do, I do think now. falling in love is addicting and mm. i think when someone's in a not unhappy marriage but someone is just in a marriage of let's say 15 years 10 15 years that spark is gone but they see ba- they see divorced friends mm-hmm 
falling in love again, having a new experience. I think the I excitement, think that's the beginning, the mystery. Yeah. yeah. They're still interested in talking to uh, to your partner. You still want to be in the same room with you your partner. You still want to sit at the same restaurant and have a chat yeah. and a meal, not just a meal. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when, and it's, it's a tough one to stay in a long-term relationship. It doesn't have to be necessarily a marriage, but a friendship, right? I, I feel mm-hmm. that it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of listening and opening uh, and, uh, and working together to understand each other at, the new stage and the new stage because we all grow right so mm-hmm. and we all grow instead of growing apart i think there is there is a way to find um to talk about with your partner about you know growing together even though it's different directions but it still meets somewhere yeah. right yeah so I, I i think those are the discussions that would need to happen right at the very beginning of a relationship uh so so we'll be clarifying you know kind of like a Kind of, kind of like an outline of a separation agreement. <laughs> so it kind of clarifies the, you know, the next steps and the consequences of not taking yeah. those particular steps. So it, it would be, it would be nice to have that clarity. And you know, you and I talked about this a while ago when we're doing the uh, family law info sessions at the libraries. Well, most of the time you're doing it. Well, ninety-nine uh, percent of the time you're doing it. But we're talking about how useful this information would be before people getting married, before, before getting into a long, before living together, right? I mean, knowing the consequences of living together, knowing the consequences of property, how it's treated, if you're married, if you're not married, like all of this stuff, what a, what a wealth of information and how beneficial would it be? you know before and that's where my lawyer hat goes on and it drives Mm. me bananas that (laughs) and this is where my jaded my next time you have to wear a hat though you can see us when you when you say this you have to say this this is where my jaded heart comes into play too because i realize that you know everybody moving in together and getting married love is the constant that fuels that but my lawyer brain um, sa- says to people, this is a huge economic partnership that you have made. This is, you know, even if you're not legally married, this uh-huh. it really is an economic partnership, not unlike a business. And if you were starting a business, you would probably go and see a lawyer and talk to them, um, write down your responsibilities, your obligations, and it should be nothing different than when you have a relationship because I can't, it breaks my heart when I have people coming to us saying, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. And oftentimes um, there is one individual who is uh, either economically devastated by a breakup or is just more vulnerable when, with there's, when there's a breakup and had they had the information at the outset, they may have been able to protect themselves earlier mm-hmm. on. And so that, that does drive me crazy. I had a case where, um, but for the prenup, the wife would have lost $50,000 because she put a hundred grand into um, her home. So she bought a mm-hmm. home with her husband. She put a hundred grand. He put in much, much less. Just that's how much money they had. They split um, at, as per his request. And had she not had the prenup saying that she would get the 50, the, her money back, she would have lost 
her half of her investment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's huge. Right. That 50 grand. Yeah, no, that is, that, that is huge. And, you know, we, we also oftentimes see the, when you talk about the vulnerable and the, the unknown, actually the, the lack, I think it's a lack of knowledge and, uh, before getting married that you know if you work into the home there's different things that are um that that may impact you um versus if you work outside of the home right so if you mm-hmm. actually earn an income versus uh you know staying at home and uh not staying you know you know working in, in the home um mm-hmm. all of those consequences are they need to be understood i think by uh by lots of people and um i you know i always get baffled with the common loss of the the mis- misunderstanding that oh you know after two years or three years everything applies the same right uh with we you don't have to get le- legally married and yet when people find out that no he doesn't and you know property you know whatever yeah. you come in you get out in and you know most most scenarios it's a huge, uh, it's a huge shock because they, at least one of those parties, have thought that they've accumulated all of this together. They made sacrifices yeah. together for the purposes of, you know, sharing. They would be the same as um, as legally married couples, and it's not, it's not happening. Uh, it's not happening that. So those those people see. I mean, a little bit of that knowledge would have helped a lot, at least yeah. to prep them, right? Like mentally, emotionally, financially, whatever the case may have been for them. So. Um, yeah, I know, I know there's a fear about talking about a breakup, but what I try to tell young couples who come to me about prenups or just talk to me about it, as I say, you know, if you're afraid of talking about your finances or talking about what happens in a breakup and the best, at the best time of your relationship, mm-hmm. then it's not going to go great at the worst time of your relationship. That's a really good right? point. Like, you know, then that's a flag for me because you have to talk about these things. You have to talk about, hey, if we break up, you know, what are our obligations to each other, right? What are your finances? You know, it, it, it's so, I get it's so personal. And I think as a society, um, we still are not as comfortable talking about those types of things, but. And isn't it, isn't it interesting? You're, we're comfortable having sex and we're not comfortable having uh, a discussion about finances. Do you know what I mean? Like eat together, share. <laughs> People are comfortable taping their sex and right. uploading it for free. <laughs> <laughs> but are they talking about how much debt they have? <laughs> right. You oh know? no, no, I can't touch that. Can't touch that, that video. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be an easier upload. Exactly. <laughs> the, the financial statement versus their video. They have to compress a bunch of stuff. In order for the video to, yeah. That's the stigma. That is the stigma. It's incredible. It's incredible. Well, hopefully more and more people. I uh, I heard, uh, I read an article the other day that it's, uh, the new generation is the prenup generation. I don't know how true or how untrue that is because we haven't yeah. seen many. Like we, we, we don't see, that's not the usual, the usual yeah. norm, but yeah. it would be interesting to, to follow that trend and see if it becomes a trend actually you know in five years or so if uh, if we're seeing more prenups or you know yeah. cohabitation agreements so, because yeah. um maybe maybe they'll maybe they'll be uh, more comfortable talking about uh, about that hopefully from the on- onset um, yeah definitely uh have i was reading that there's definitely been a increase of common law couples oh well there you go and so they're and- gonna need all that information 
Well, yeah, exactly. You know, the, it, it, just because you're common law does not mean you don't need a cohabitation agreement. If anything, I would argue you need it more. Of course. Because if you own the property and I give you 50 grand for renovations, I don't get anything out of that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want... <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, good. If you're the, if you're I... the property owner, amazing. If they were my renovations? <laughs> yeah, exactly. If they're I'm your good with it. I'm good, good with it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually one person is great with it. Usually one person loves the law. It's the other, <laughs> it's the other that's pretty upset. Well, talking about the stressful situations, you sent me an article about the, the you know, like I, I don't, I almost feel like I don't even want to talk about it because it just, it, it brings, know, uh, yeah. but it's, it's just, it's hard not to talk about it. It's hard to, it's hard to ignore the fact that we, we, we are currently living through a pandemic. Yeah. And, and uh, it's, uh, it's also hard not to acknowledge all the families who have all of a sudden end up with uh, the kids at home for three weeks. I know. I know. And, and we've seen, we've seen all sorts of requests for transfers or for, or for camps or anything like that. We and should have been in the childcare business. <laughs> that in our next life, in our next life, life. we're going to do that. Um, but I know. Yeah, I liked your article. Uh, it was a very interesting article of how to yeah. uh, how to deal with custody uh, during uh, uh, during this uh, um, this, this virus. Yeah, this time, this virusy time. Um, and most families I saw that most families yeah. have chosen to continue the same. Yeah, which I think makes sense for the most part. You know, you want to give your kids that stability of a routine and a schedule. Mm -hmm. I can imagine that some families, um, you know, depending on whether you're working from home, you know, they may feel some type of way about their kids being there. And so <laughs> it's not uncommon. Hopefully they're not shooting videos. Because <laughs> that would be really uncomfortable when the kids are there. Five when it's mom's turn to get you. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, you know, a family's no, I don't think too many families have reached out yet to change the parenting schedule. I think that's because mm. we don't know how long this is going to last. Yeah. I, I think people are I, still dealing with the yeah. shock of it mm -hmm. and, and navigating through and with what they currently have um, and hope that this won't last as long as to trigger rearrangement of their exactly. schedules. But the reality is that a lot more stress has has definitely been accumulating and that's just the reality not just for parents who are divorced it's just the reality for everybody who's yeah. dealing with this and experiencing this so it's um um yeah my my heart goes to my heart goes to those who have to you know who who, who need additional care for their children during these times and additional well, support the and, and there's nothing there for them right now it's just no. each other basically so I know, um, and working to, and working a full time job, you know, yeah, even okay. working from home, mm -hmm. you know, people have obligations. So I know, I my heart goes out to that too because it's not easy to keep your kids, you know, safe, healthy, and busy. I'm busy, yeah. You yeah. know, um, during this time, so I, I actually do think that there will be more families who will want a interim schedule if this goes if if the self isolation goes past April six, mm. and it looks like we're canceling the school year. Alberta already canceled the school year for the whole year. No. Yeah. Until so until June. Until September, yeah. Oh my lord! I know. 
Oh, wow. I, I know. know so I think, yeah. So I think if Ontario goes that route, I think some families might need to do an interim an interim parenting schedule if the regular schedule isn't working. But that's mm. no problem, right? Because those types of things are easy to refigure. Yeah. Um, but certainly, you're, you know, you're right. Like there's the overall stress of, you know, how we're paying the bills is work the same and no childcare. Yeah. And some, and in some scenarios, child support is going to be reduced or, or yeah, inexistent, right? I for the know. people who have, who have had to be, Reduce you know, their, in, re, yeah, yeah. Their hours, their time. And especially, you know, I mean, it's the bane of our existence because self-employed individuals in a separation and divorce, mm. it's always very difficult to prove their income, but those are the people that are really going to be feeling this likely. Um, and, you know, we're both self-employed. We know that. Mm. Right. And so um, definitely we'll keep it. We'll keep an eye out for that, for the families who, who need our support. And helping navigate that, my heart goes mm-hmm. up for sure. It's not not easy times. No, no, it sucks. I wanted to like part of the podcast too, like because I think I think you also uh, mentioned a, a few of the, you know, like conflict resolution. Yeah. Um, uh, how to how to deal with the stress because it is a, a stressful time. Yeah. So I remember that uh, we wrote a blog at some time at some point. Um, uh in in you know back uh mm-hmm. which i think still i still i think still applies in any stressful situation especially for parents who are separated and divorced um mm-hmm. and i'm gonna see if i can actually share the screen because i have the the tips here and then we can do this uh and you can see my screen no yeah i can see it now oh nice yeah remain calm did i write this or did you write this so we we sort of I mean I wrote it but uh, he was inspired by you. Wow! Oh look, don't, don't worry, don't don't try and squint. It's fine. Obviously. It's fine. I can I can put it bigger for you, Eva. You know, I mean, at your age, you shouldn't have this problem with your eyes. Yeah, my the glasses, they're not cool. You shouldn't have these problems at your age. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I I think that I'm only twenty two. <laughs> Okay, junior millennial. I am a junior millennial. Okay, so let's see this. Uh, so let's see this. So resolving conflict, we, we always, and we both agree that it takes maturity, self-control, empathy, right? So we put together a list of, uh, a list of um, some stuff um, that we borrowed, obviously, from uh, some of the um, research, the Counseling and Mental Health Center at University of uh, Texas in Austin. Mm. Um, and they suggest that you remain calm, so don't overreact to difficult situations. And that's true because really, honestly, overreaction never helps anything. Panicking never helps anything or yeah, anyone. So, I mean, that applies everywhere, right? It doesn't have to be uh, and, just and separating. And, and there's so much catastrophizing going on. Yeah. And especially with the news, who the, the media is doing it as well. Right. And I've actually, I have, I was starting to get anxious, like watching the news, watching grocery store, empty shelves. So I've cut it off. I'm not watching any TV before four o'clock. Before four o'clock? Yeah. So you want to go to bed with it? Well, yeah, but in the evening? No, but you know what? If I, if I have a long stretch from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., I'll go crazy. I see. You know, and then at night I can't move because I'm tired. Fair. 
Yeah. I don't, I I chose not to watch any TV. Um, yeah, yeah, so, and, and if I do, I watch um a, a movie or 90 something. Ninety Day Fiance. Uh, yeah. Ninety Day Fiance, obviously. <laughs> I need to watch that so we can do a whole podcast on just those episodes. Oh, um, trust me, it's gonna be very easy. <laughs> no problem. No problem. It's gonna be an easy podcast. Okay. What else? Uh, is here? What else we have? So after we remain calm, uh, express your fe- feelings in words, not actions. So mm-hmm. it's easier, you know, obviously to, to run off and slam the door. Uh, it takes maturity to uh, use your words instead, yeah. of, uh, instead of the behavior, you know, out- outbursts. Uh, but certainly, you know, you can take a walk, you can do some deep breathing. Uh, I think deep breathing works a lot and it's been, um, it's been very, it's becoming very popular, the meditation, all the meditation mm-hmm. apps and, you know, uh, just oxygenating, you know, your brain in the same time you oxygenate your cells and your, and you, it gives you the calmness, right? So like it, yeah. it, it, it grounds you a little bit um, more yeah. than, more than some people realize, right? So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's a good way of dealing with the, with a stressful situation. Uh, talk about it, right? So talk about it. Right. Don't, um, yeah, don't hold it in. That's or don't one. don't burst and be specific right it goes hand in hand with talking about it be specific mm-hmm. about what's bothering you so you know if if there's something that uh you can point to just point use your words and uh and uh you know hope and trust that the other person will hear you out yeah right and uh will will help you explore some more positive resolutions um deal with one one issue at a time see i find this very difficult like to deal with one issue at a time well and because, that's because yeah i know because a lot of your issues mm-hmm. are connected right yeah um that that's a tough one that's a tough one especially when resentment builds and i saw i saw there's a, a point there don't you know you, i know you're gonna get there but don't stockpile right mm-hmm. and res, you know it is really tough one of the things i try to do um I try to think about baggage, right? And I try to think, okay, if, if, I, if it's not at the current moment an issue, I, I won't bring it up to, um, because oftentimes we bring up in a, in a conflict, we bring up past issues to emphasize the current issue, right? So X is bad, but X is really bad because it happened last week and last month and last year, right? And so it, I think for most people, once you start seeing these tips and in a conflict, when you catch it, you become better at acknowledging it. But I agree that one's tough, mm-hmm. but I try my best to just be in the moment and try when I'm in a conflict myself, um, try to parse out what's baggage or what's been resentment versus what's now. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very good point. It's, it's, it's very hard to extrapolate that though. Sometimes it is, it is very hard because we're humans and we're, mm-hmm. we're made out of our whole fabric is emotions and the keys are mm-hmm. emotions, right? So it's, it's very hard sometimes to separate, but I feel that, you know, the more mindful we become and the more, uh, you know, we utilize whatever it's accessible to us, like, uh, you know, all this apps and all the, all the, breathing techniques and all that stuff i think we can become much more aware much more in the present and focus mm-hmm. on that rather than um bringing the baggage in and i'm, I'm hoping that uh, we can do that I'm, I'm i'm finding it very very hard to do it for myself that i know mm-hmm. for a fact i mean 
where we seem to be very good at, um, at uh, sort of generating ways and options for, for other people. But when it comes to do it ourselves, sometimes it's uh, the most difficult way <laughs> to, totally. to deal with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and moving on, moving on through our list here is uh, no hitting below the belt. So I like this a lot because I feel that lots, lots of us and lots of, uh, lots of people go very deep when they get angry when they get um, um, yeah. when they feel attacked right and uh, they attack to a level that uh, majority of times or uh, never actually is necessary to attack no it's never necessary to go below the belt and it's never necessary to because those are some words sometimes that um, you know people can never forget and um, yeah. it will impact the and it has nothing to do with the argument right yeah yeah and it will unnecessarily impact the whole health of um of the entire relationship so that i find totally. uh, and it escalates conflict like you and i have seen it in person when we're working with families you know that's it's name calling it's uh criticisms it's um you know judgment when one person does that to get a reaction or they're lashing out because they they can't communicate their pain so instead they hurt, mm-hmm. um, it escalates the conflict to a totally different level. And, um, you know, in a lot of families, it, it, it escalates it to a point that just builds resentment again, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and gets in the way of a resolution, a positive resolution. Yeah, and it's yeah. unfortunate because they're there, right? Right. The, the, the resolutions can be there, and you're, you're basically, by hitting below the belt, you're basically removing at least, you know, nine out of 10 options that totally. could have worked, right? Just because now you, you really anger the other person and it's very hard for them to, uh, to forgive or um, take anything to heart that's coming from you anymore. So, um, and another one that I feel it goes hand in hand with it again is uh, avoid accusations and try not to generalize, right? Yeah. So the same yeah. thing, you know, don't, uh, instead of immediately accusing someone of something that you think or you perceive that they've done to you, um, you may want to give them the opportunity first to um, to to share with you how they feel um, yeah. instead of accusing them because they may they may feel differently they may feel like or they may not see it the way that you see it and you know I mean nobody sees things the way that we all see or everybody sees it we all see it differently. Uh, so those differences need to be uh, addressed first before you point, right? So before totally. you push someone. One of the things that changed my life in terms of communicating. When I it, yeah, this was a big thing for me. Mm. Um, it changed the way I communicated with everybody in my life. I'm losing your Mikey. I can't hear you. Say something. Well, now you're muted. Can you're you hear me? Muted. Yeah, now I can hear you perfectly. Oh, perfect. Okay, that was weird. Um, I was saying that I statements, which I'm sure you've heard, they're like, they're like the cornerstone of, of conflict resolution. But, but I never knew it because I lived in, you know, a very passionate Italian cultural household that everything is you, 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 you did this, you did that, you know. And so when someone taught me to say, instead of saying, you know, you 
you always forget to take out the garbage and now the place is messy. Mm -hmm. Reframing it to say, you know, I feel um, like I'm alone in taking care of this space when um, it's just me doing the, the chores. <laughs> right. So it just is a different way of communicating that gets your point across without accusing the other person. So instead of saying, you always do this, you always do that, reframing to say, I feel this emotion when this action Thing happened. Happens. Yeah. Right. And that's very powerful because, I mean, you're taking the you out exactly. immediately. So the you will always trigger some form of yep. defense mechanism, right? So, you know, the other person is already on guard. Their guard right. is up and it's like, okay, now I'm ready to defend. So right. you're, you're actually losing the other person. You're losing, you're, you're losing them from listening to what you really are trying to say because now totally. they're already formulating and reciting how are they going to answer to you rather than understanding right. why you're feeling the way that you're feeling, right? So you just lost, you, you, you lost a big part of the other person who you can work with uh, otherwise, right? If you, if you know this, yeah, I don't want to call them tricks because I don't think they're, they're tricks. I think it's just understanding um, the human nature a little, a little bit deeper and learning about the human nature and caring and being curious about the human nature in order totally. to address the way the these issues in a positive way to grow right so I think it's not necessarily a trick but it is a, it's a way to grow um, yeah. and together as a as, as a as humans um, it's the same with the don't stockpile um, which mm. you said it earlier right so don't pile everything today and you know all the all the right the resentment exactly you know in in one argument just kind of stick to the point right because that's how you isolate and hopefully you resolve issue by issue rather than having Mm -hmm. everything thrown at you and climbing up hmm. oh that's that's i don't know if you i don't think that's you laura but that is so me (laughs) that is i i I was gonna say that's hard not to sometimes (laughs) i am the biggest clamor i I, and I have to work on that. It's not easy, but when someone comes to me ups, like upset or they think I did something wrong or they're upset with me, my first instinct is to shut down, mm-hmm. um, which is fine because that's how my body responds. But I also acknowledge that when you're in a disagreement, the person you're in a disagreement with, you know, may want a reaction or may want to work things out. And so, you know, it's a balance. So sometimes what I say, what I've tried to do is say, okay, I can't, I, I'm, you know, I can't do this. I need to go for a walk. I need to cool down. Can we come back to it? So acknowledging that I, my body needs to shut down. Right. Mm -hmm. But still giving the person the respect of saying, Hey, I'll come back. I want to acknowledge how you're feeling. I just need to cool down for a bit. Mm Mm-hmm. And that, I, 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 I think that's important because, and you nailed that right there. Um, so I think, you know, you and the counseling and mental health center at University of Texas, <laughs> of Texas, of Texas um, you are, uh, you're on the same, uh, you're aligned with, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. with the research and theories behind, um, because it's definitely, I think that's, if you know, and I think that's powerful to know that your body just clams up. Okay. And then, mm-hmm. and then your body just shuts down. It's important because then you can at least express to the other person, you know what, I'm, I'm down right now. I'm, I'm shutting down, but I will come back to you. So it reassures the other person that, you know, 
you will you you will come back to have a discussion about this and this is not the end of it and you're not basically bursting out right so totally. because it would have been interpreted that way if you right. had you not say those words i'll come back to you when i'm better right. then then you would have just done you know the uh, dealing with actions instead of your words right 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 so that's that's still you know something that will escalate rather than resolve so and then establish ground rules. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the, the biggest one that one of the, uh, that I believe in it's, it's ground rules. And, uh, I think, um, I think I'm still, I'm still establishing ground rules, uh, with my kids. In your personal life? <laughs> in my personal life. Uh, I think I'm the only one who like, you know, keeps, keeps at it, uh, and never backs down like a dog with a bone. I've been, uh, I've been called multiple times. <laughs> uh but it's hard uh it's hard it's not hard. To because for me yeah well you know what for me ground rules are setting some expectations and setting uh you know some structures how to deal with particular things with conflicts what's a conflict what's not a right. conflict you know all that stuff so i think it's for me personally that is a very 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 big one because it gives me the clarity and the calmness that i know what i know and i you and- know I, yeah, totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's the nice thing about mediation is that oftentimes it's hard for couples to set their own ground rules because they just don't know how. Um, and that's what we do, right? Is yeah. essentially people are coming to us. They're not necessarily coming to us for disagreement, but they know that a disagreement could take place. Right. And when and a disagreement- that's what I want to talk about as part mm-hmm. of our last one, because that's important. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to, I was just going to say it is important because if a disagreement takes place, our clients know, and our families know from the outset, Hey, these are the ground rules. This is how we're going to be operating, right? We can't proceed if there's going to be, you know, foul language or um, threats or things like that, (laughs) shutting, slamming doors. That's the first time I hear you saying (laughs) we're not going to proceed if there's going to be foul language. Yeah, that's true. Actually, the foul language, we're pretty good. The foul language comes from you, not our family. But, uh, but we do set the ground rules, which I think gives our family some comfort in knowing that they can, they can have a tough conversation. Anger is not a problem. It's fine to be angry, right? That's healthy. And it's normal. It's normal. It's just how you communicate that is tough to do right without uh, a safe boundary Mm -hmm. absolutely and to your earlier i really think it's important because i always believe that uh, you know when people enter into a separation or divorce it doesn't have to necessarily be uh, thought of um, you know that they they they're in a battle or in an argument or there's a conflict and you know i spoke with you about it because i really wanted to change (laughs) Uh, some of the agreement to mediate as well, because, you know, that says uh, they haven't been able to come to an agreement yeah, totally. Uh, uh, totally change from that. the breakdown, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? How many families, truth be told, how many families do we get who have been able to come to agreements? Totally. They just need guidance. They need guidance yeah. in, you know, drafting their, their, their language, uh, yeah. talking about, you know, the property division. They're not so, you know, some of them are not so sophisticated with some of the property division, the map. Uh, this is where I like. Where Lord, <laughs> Lord like, uh, so, you know, like they, they just need guidance. I don't totally. like the idea that, uh, you know, they're, 
they're portrayed as, as couples or families who are in conflict and somehow they're coming to mediation to resolve conflict. Well, lots of them don't have conflict. Lots of them have uh, differences in, in some of the way that they, uh, you know, uh, think of, you know, whatever parenting or that, but it's not even a conflict. It's, it's like, let's, let's just arrange it in a way that kind of makes sense. We need some professional help. We need kind of like, it's kind of like a financial planner, you know, like a mortgage broker. You go to a financial yeah, planner. No, that's such a great point. A couple goes to a financial planner. They don't know. They don't no, no, know no. how they, they need right. that support, right? Like they're not, not in conflict. Here. You know why? Because we're used to that trope of uh, two people at each other's throats when you're going through separation and divorce, and it does not need to be like that. You're absolutely right. We have had amazing families who come through our door saying, mm -hmm. hey, we're on the same page for the big, big items, but absolutely, it, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. And I think you and I have been trying to to change the frame around separating families, right? And in, in that, you know, we always say, you're still a family, you just look a little different, right? What a nice point to leave off at. Yes, yes. Yes, Eva, that's a very nice point. I will see you in two hours. For work. <laughs> for, for work, for mediation. Uh, we're so lucky that we can do that actually online. Oh, I really do feel you. it's very like, and I, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's easy for some people to uh, just to be in the comfort of their own homes, whether this virus is there or not, right? Well, you know um, what, but to your point, I mean, right now the shock is there, but life goes on, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, we're lucky that we can still continue to work with our families. Yeah, for time. sure. For sure. And that they can move forward and have the, have the clarity around their, um, their next steps. Because I think that's the most frightening aspect, you know, how, how is that going to look I like? Know. How am I, I going to survive? How much money am I going to get? It's, those are those are such tough, um, I think, um, subjects, especially now. How much money you're gonna get? It's it's just gonna be, yeah. It's gonna be tough. I know. And yeah. Job, well, job security. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you for this. This, is, this has been a very interesting. I love you too. This has been a very interesting uh, pilot. Uh, <laughs> I would like you to know I'm at an 80 80 degree angle, but I will be lying down. Oh, are you? A hundred episode. Thank you. Thank you for letting me know. All right. I have a really good one. And uh, I'll, yes, I'll see you in a minute. Yeah.